feel the excitement in the room. The date has been set. The calendars are fixed. In a few days' time, someone will have to make a decision. And do you know what? Up and down the country, there are people this morning getting very, very excited about Christmas, about the 25th of December. And I don't know about you, how do you prepare for Christmas? As I gave out some of the calendars with, uh, with Tina on uh, Thursday, I sort of said to all the little toddlers and to their mums, I said, look, the clue is in the calendar. Okay, it's a countdown for all of us. Why is it we are so surprised, but we're so busy? But Ian, calm down. Advent will come and it will go. As someone said to me in our house just recently, Ian, where is such and such? Oh, it's in the Christmas box. And as soon as I answered that question to Diane, I think it was the angel. We always get the angels, like, wings falling off every year and we've got to, like, put it back together again every Christmas. But do you know what? We know that Christmas is coming. And we know it's a tradition. Now, I don't know about you what traditions you have in your family. And maybe there might be some quite funny ones. Well, in the Forsyth household, it has been known for Daddy Forsyth, now for Grandpa Forsyth, to actually take the children out for a walk. Now, it was on the Christmas Eve a few years ago, and we're going to have to reinvent this one in a few years' time, Diane, with the grandchildren. But it was just an excuse for Diane to have some downtime, actually, uh, just on Christmas Eve. And what we did, I tried to play a game to spot the Christmas tree. How original was that? And so the children just loved it. Oh, Dad, look at that one. It's bigger than ours. Oh, look at that one, Dad. Whoa, it's in the garden. Look at the tree. It's all lit up. Oh, it's fantastic. I get so excited about Christmas, don't you? Oh, got, got a bit of response there. That's really good. Phew. I'm glad we're on the same page. But anyway, apparently, one day, I actually went to a Chinese chip shop. And chips in those days used to cost £1.10p. And if you ask any of my children, they said, Oh, Dad, don't do it. Don't, don't, no, 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 don't do it. I did. So I went to this chip shop. I only had a pound on me. And I said, can I have a pound's worth of chips? And do you know what? Folklore says that apparently I threw the paper into someone's garden. Ooh. I don't know what traditions you've got. One tradition I've got is that I love to put the Christmas tree up to the sound of listening to Emmanuel, God with us. Because for me, that is all about Christmas. But we need to make some new traditions. And I don't know about you, but one of the things I can remember many, many years ago, and that was actually opening up an advent calendar. Who here still opens up their advent calendar? Oh, Dave, well done. You're my hero. Oh, Sally, Becky, well done. Excellent. Well, I did a quick survey, and you would not believe it. Well, you'll have to after I say this anyway. But I asked the Chanda children, I said, how many of you here have got a chocolate advent calendar? And very nearly everybody's hand went, whoa! Yes. And do you know what? Advent calendars, I don't know what it is. When you're buying a house, you see houses up for sale. Yeah? And Christmas time, this year I've seen advent calendars, I've seen cheese calendars, I've seen port calendars, I've seen Lego calendars, I've seen you name it calendars. One with chocolates in, very, very expensive chocolates in. But anyway, I don't have a chocolate calendar. Please do not get me a chocolate calendar because I'm trying to lose weight. What we do have in the Forsyth household is, though, is a new tradition, and that is a lovely red candle. And actually, we light it 
every day. And Diane said to me, Ian, we're going to have to get up in the morning and light this candle because it's got some quite big gaps on it. So we're going to have it on breakfast time, lunch time, and also the evening meal, just to get through each day. But what it does do is sometimes calms us down. Now, as I was reflecting on how to prepare for Christmas, I began to think about an old-fashioned calendar that I had. And I can remember, as a little boy, seeing a lovely piece of card with glitter on it. And in behind the card, there were verses in the Bible. And it was this verse here. It was uh, chapter 5, sorry, chapter 2 and verse 5. Come... Let us walk in the light of the Lord. Come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. It's an invitation for us to come and to walk with the Lord today. And God is a faithful God. And this morning I just want to just mention a few things about Isaiah and then just five invitations from these verses. I promise I'll try and whiz through these as quick as I possibly can for you this morning. But Isaiah spoke at a particular time when there were things going on that were quite clearly wrong. He saw that on the various mountains around Jerusalem, his prophetic word was a vision. And he saw eternity. He saw beyond the church, he saw beyond the birth of Christ, he saw judgment, he saw Christ dying for our sins. And as we journey over these next few weeks, looking at different things, like the light of the world, peace, joy, and the gift, there is no more precious gift that we can share with people, because God's gift is free. It is Jesus Christ our Lord. And as I was thinking about invitations, we have an invitation to worship as uh, Isaiah saw people coming and going. He says they will come up and they will worship. And Jesus spoke to the Samaritan woman and said that you don't have to worship on this hill or in this place, but we can worship in spirit and in truth. When Isaiah spoke, there were many altars, there were these high mountains, there were offerings to various gods. But this morning, as we think about our services that are coming up very shortly, our carol service, and some of the hymns that we sing, we are invited to come to worship God. The second invite that we have is that we have a, an invitation to invite. And it says in verse 3, come let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. We come together because we want to be in the presence of God and we want others to hear the good news. Thinking back to our harvest service that we had, it was an invite service. We gave the community, we are stepping stones to come in and to be a part of that. We've got Mother's Day coming up next year and I'm hoping that on the 23rd of June, there is what we call a national weekend of invitation for churches to invite people to come into our church. Every service should be open, and that's what we are here at NBC. I know that we are a welcoming church, but I want to encourage us in our vision for the future that we will be an inviting church. I spoke to someone just recently who actually came to the harvest service, and I said, would you come again? 
And she said, yes, because I got it. I was welcomed and I felt at home here. I thought, just, wasn't that just some lovely that someone is willing to come back to another service? And we want to be inviting. I've been speaking with Debbie. Just please, church, just bear with me for the moment. I'm planning next year's already, so, um, you know, like Christmas. So don't get all carried away. It's not coming up very shortly. It's next year. But Debbie would have had this thought, do you know what? We have the nativity that we do on a Wednesday. And what about if we could help some of the mums and dads who are working in London? Could we maybe have the nativity in our service? And wouldn't that be lovely that we can serve our community? There's an invitation to invite. There's an invitation to worship. Also, Isaiah says there's an invitation to learn. Because in verse 3, he says, he will teach us his ways. And there's nothing more beautiful and wonderful to hear a Christian community opening up God's word. Every fifth Sunday, we have opportunities to share our journeys. Sometimes they can be very painful journeys. Sometimes they can be answers to prayer. And maybe in the future, we'll have opportunity to have services of healing. Because very often, we just need to be in the presence of God and sharing God's word with each other. And there's nothing more exciting than hearing someone, gosh, I read God's word this morning, and it's... Sorry, excuse me. (coughs) Oh, God. (coughs) And it spoke to me in a very meaningful way. To me, God's word. It's very much alive when we engage with God's word. So it's an invitation to learn. There's an invitation for action. And verse 3, it says, so that we may walk in his paths. It's lovely that as we journey together as a church, and we are a worshipping church, we're this inviting church, we want to learn together from God's word. I was reminded of Psalm 23. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And in 1 John chapter uh, 1 verse 7, to walk in the light as he is in the light. That is our prayer that we as individuals will walk before God, serving him, working for him, and giving him all the glory. But Ian, what about action in the future as a church? Well, just recently I've met with uh, Matthew Armstrong Harris from Robber School, and uh, there's an opportunity for Ben to be working alongside uh, the youth youth worker there, and also um, to be involved in what's called a lunchtime games club. And sometimes when we go to people and we ask them, well, as a church, we would love to put on something for you. Isn't this a great idea? Well, I shared with um, Matthew Armstrong Harris this idea that Ben had had, and I think I'd heard it several times before in the church in the past. Well, why don't we as a community offer um, a revision club for the school? And his answer, quite equivocally and quite straightforward, was no. And I thought, Lord... This is what's on our heart to do in the community. Surely this is right. He said, no. But he said, what you can do, he says, you can offer um, an opportunity for the students after school to actually to come from the school because he said, students today are really under so much stress. Why don't we just provide a chilled area where they can actually hang out with Ben and with others who want to be here We don't know what day that's going to be, but it's just there, an opportunity to serve the community. So we're inviting people in and we are going out. So from me, 
what am I doing with the Robbers School? Well, I just said to Matthew Armstrong Harris, as I do, I said, well, look, I could uh, come along and just sort of meet some of the staff, if you like, um, uh, once a month and just talk to them, if that would help. And he said, well, yes, of course. He said, that would be lovely for someone to come in just as Ian, not as the member of the Baptist Church, well, as a member of the Baptist Church, not as the minister, but just going there to befriend people and to talk to the staff and listening to their struggles. So there are opportunities for all of us to take action. And I want to invite you, I know it's Christmas and you're making all plans for different things, but this year, next year, are there things that God could lay on your heart to do, not just for the church, but thinking about this building? Are there things that we could do to use this building so that it can be used by the community? I'll just leave that one there with you. But finally for me this morning, here it is, verse 5. Isaiah says, Come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Let us, together, as a God's community, let us walk in that light. Now, I said right at the very beginning that the countdown has started to the 25th of December. I've talked about traditions, but there's one thing I really love to do, and that is to set myself a challenge about learning something new each year about this Christmas time and the story. And as always, something just happens to pop up, and I didn't realise this. But we sometimes think that Advent begins on the 1st of December. But for Celtic Christianities in the 5th century, for them, the Celtic Christians, actually, they started uh, Christmas on the 14th of November. Now... On the 14th of November, they have 40 days between then and 25th. And what it's called, it's called the Lesser Lent. And I thought, that's interesting. The Lesser Lent. We know when Lent comes just before Easter, those 40 days. But just a minute, what do those Celtic Christians do during those 40 days? Well, I went and brought myself a Celtic Advent book. So it's not too late for you to go on to that little magic little bit of number and buy that for someone. Obviously, it'll have to be for next year, so you're getting in early for next year. But the idea for the 40 days, there are three things that Celtic Christians actually thought about. One was they spent time looking back at the story of Jesus' coming. They reflected on that. The second thing that they actually reflected on was, in actual fact, the coming to faith, the conversion story. How do we live our lives today in that present reality that Christ comes to us in faith, in the knowledge that Jesus Christ has died for us on the cross so that we might have eternal life? To think about our walk with God and with going with deeper so the first one was the Celtic Christians looked back. The Celtic Christians thought about this idea of my faith in this Advent time. How am I with God and my journey with God? And the third thing that they looked at was the coming of Christ. This idea of Christ coming for the second time. Because we know he has come once and he will return. But what an invitation we have today. We have an invitation to walk in faith with God.
We have an invitation to worship, an invitation to invite. We have an invitation to learn more. We also have an invitation for us to come to the living Lord, who is the light of the world. Because Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Amen.